Hey guys, this is Trish. That's VJ. That's Penrose. This is episode two of All Docked Up. What's up, guys? <laughs> what it is? How's it going? How are you guys feeling after that first episode? I mean, I'm going to let VJ answer first. Ladies first. Okay. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. I really did, uh, upon listening to it, kind of playing it back. I was like, okay, this, this is good. This is good. <laughs> shout, shout out to your dad for listening. I appreciate that. I was really my, my mother probably won't listen, but at least somebody's parents is. <laughs> she will. My mom won't because she listens to the other podcast. She was like, you cuss too much. So she listened to like one episode and that was it for her. That's, that's yeah. why my parents won't listen. They they listened to an old episode of Penrose versus anybody before I was even good at podcasting. And they was like, oh, yeah. nigga, no more. No more. <laughs> like, I think the bad. one episode my mother ever listened to on my show, or no, yeah, it was the episode where Views from Seven were on there. And I was, and I, we were, we were debating whether or not my sister was a freak Nick baby. And of course she wasn't. <laughs> she's, my, mother, my mother's never been to Atlanta, so of course she's not a freak Nick baby. But my mother was like, see me on Facebook, like, freak Nick, really, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> so I think she's been done with me since then. But um, oh, no. you guys, um, I'm really happy to be back. Super glad. And I'm, ha- I'm excited about our documentary this week. It was a lot longer than I Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh well, it, you 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 didn't let me tell you how I felt about our oh, show. Oh, my apologies. Please go ahead, Penrose. So it's quarantine time. I'm yeah. walking down the street with a mask on. Somebody <laughs> hears my somebody hears my voice and they're like, "Yo, you're on that show all knocked up." I'm like, "How do you know?" <laughs> <laughs> just, I got a just, mask on. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say. The influence we stand. Look, needless to say, I cannot. Even even though I'm not accepting any right now, my pussy rate has went through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) We drop all docked up. You know my Tinder profile is like I ain't even got Tinder. I'm talking shit. I'm talking shit. Hello, swipe. Hello, swipe right. Hello, swipe. Right, right. My credit score went up 40 points. My you skin is clear. No, you listen exactly. to the podcast. All kind of amazing Stop, things. Stop calling shit. me back. Like, it's right. It's like, can you start tomorrow? Like, <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed. It's okay. Like, but damn. I'm sorry yesterday. Right. <laughs> All I had to do was drop a show with Chris and VJ. Shit. I love it. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys. So this week we we watched McMillions. It was um, way longer than our last one. Um, so we're not going to like break down like episode per episode. And so I think going forward, what we'll do when we get to these longer ones is we'll just kind of get the general gist because, of course, we want you guys to watch them. Um, and we'll just be highlighting like the better parts of it. What do you guys think about that? I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. With the with the long ones, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, there was a lot of filler in this one, guys. Just just to be upfront with you, we're we're gonna condense it the best we can because there are definitely parts of this that are very slow. Um, but because this is obviously these people putting together an FBI investigation, that's why I think some of the pacing was off because they're not field agents they're white collar crimes so it's all paper trails and bank accounts so it takes them sometimes years to put together a case it's not very accurate 
Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so McMillions is an HBO documentary. Um, I was like laughing because like I was uh my boyfriend was like, yo, Netflix really is killing the documentary game. I was like, well, wait a second. HBO has been in the game for a minute. Like HBO brought us hookers on the point. Like they did, yo. <laughs> so I never don't trust. <laughs> yes, I, that yes, that was a double negative. I never don't trust. Um, H- HBO <laughs> come through though. <laughs> they so do, and I they're... think just because it's a paid service, a lot of times you get better content. Like it's not that Mickey Mouse. But Cinemax don't show up. Like they don't show up. What you say? Cinemax and Showtime don't show up with the documentaries. Yeah. Only HBO. That's true. That's true. Um, did you guys know that Cinemax is like not even like the number one premium channel for like skin flicks no more? I, I mean, I'm pretty I, sure I it got taken over. Yeah, who still watches Skinamax? I mean, who still watches Skinamax though for the skin? <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's that's all I knew it for. Well, not, not that I was looking for it for that, but I'm no, saying, I know. Yeah, don't look at me like that, VJ. So like, <laughs> but, like <laughs> but like that's what it was known for. Like, that's what we called it back in the day, and now it's, right. it's like they're not even like the leading like show us some titties channel anymore. I don't oh, know yeah. why, I just so, but it was just useless I mean, information that I have now. I kind of do because, you know, I'm a nigga. So they fell off like 10 years ago. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said I was a Cinemax in a decade. You, know <laughs> you can't go to Cinemax. Where can you go? It's upsetting <laughs> on my homegirl. <laughs> Listen, if we, if we can't party at Bella Nuff Chase, where can where you can go? Where can you go? Where can you go? Bella Nuff Chase, listen. Bella Nuff Chase, I say. Listen, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of shit that ain't safe. <laughs> The fucking Monopoly game. So that is generally the fucking basis of this whole documentary. It's called McMillions. Like I said, it's HBO documentary. That's where you can find it. Um, six episodes. The episodes are about an hour long each, I think. So just be prepared that if you're going to watch it, to strap in. Um, the epicenter of this is what? Jacksonville, Florida, I think? Yes. Yeah. So um, the documentary comes in. In 2001, we meet Doug Matthews. Doug is a special kind of guy. Um, from the moment that he came on the screen, <laughs> he wore my heart. <laughs> like he, like he reminds me of like a like because they they said that he used to be a regular cop like before he got in the FBI, and that like he reminds me of the nigga that like would stop you when you got weed in the car, take the weed. Give you a ticket <laughs> and fucking say if I see you again, like I'm taking your ass to jail. Like, right. like those vibes, like where he he wasn't gonna like he wasn't gonna like tag my weed, but he was definitely taking it home. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> your name, your yeah. name never made it to the station. Never, <laughs> niggas still don't know me. <laughs> right. He was like, he was like he's a. The, like he put the extra special on special agent. Like Doug, <laughs> Doug is clip. Doug is one of those people that went into like being a police officer because he was like, "Fuck it, what else do I have to do, really?" And then that somehow because of white privilege parlayed him to become like an FBI agent. Not that right. he's not good at his job. But no, I but I like, feel you. Like he did that. Everybody. Shit where my life everybody. has no direction. He just kind of yep. fell into being in the FBI. Because <laughs> all of the all of the regular agents was kind of like. If, if, paraphrasing, they pretty much was like, the nigga didn't know what he was doing, but we like him. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> 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 he, got, he, got, he got a job at the FBI on, like, personality alone. 
right. exactly. And you know what? It's so funny. It's like, yeah, maybe he wasn't like the greatest FBI agent, but like the thing, like the things that were like going in on in his mind that helped yeah. propel his case. Right, like they they amazing. weren't thinking out outside the box like he was. Yeah, he did. Something. That's literally that's literally all this nigga do. Is he he lives outside of the box, and I'm I'm here for it. I wouldn't be um, surprised if you find out Doug Matthews was from uh, inner city or a very very poor town. I, I would not be fucking surprised. That nigga got some muscle in him. True shit, true shit. Honestly, like it. It sets the tone for him being like a very good narrator. With like he's sitting there and he was like. You know, and they're telling us about the Jacksonville field office kind of being where people go to like retire. Like that's right. Where you go it's a boring office. Yeah, right. They do, yeah, they you do, don't like, go there medical, to go medical scams and medical insurance scams and stuff like that. And what did he say? Uh, quote unquote, fuck that healthcare shit. So- fuck that healthcare. Shit. <laughs> and look, he caught himself. It's important, but that's just boring. <laughs> but, that's just boring. That's just, I hate it. <laughs> right. I need to make sure. Real. But it's important it's for somebody important. else. I ain't gonna right. do it. I ain't fucking with it no um, more. So Doug mentions that he was he I wouldn't say he was partners with Rick with Rick Dent, but Rick Dent and him like essentially found this case together, like kind of were like the founding fathers of the case. Um, I wish that Rick would have been let, allowed himself to be fucking interviewed because the way that they describe him, I just feel like he's like for like uh, Captain Holt on Brooklyn Nine Nine, like super yeah. like like straight yep. face, like yep. absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely not. Like, right. like that kind of thing. No matter what happens and shit. Right. And then for him to be paired with somebody like Doug, I just thought that like hearing Rick tell his side of of being able to like work with with uh, Doug would have been hilarious. But Real so uh, Doug goes to Rick's uh, desk one day and sees a post-it note, right? And it, the words are on there: McDonald's monopoly fraud question mark. And it's just sitting in the corner. Rick is happily working on his fucking insurance fraud cases or whatever like that. Doug itching for something else, right? right. He, he, hella, hella peeping and he's like, my nigga, what's that? Like, and he's like, oh, I don't know. I, I'll look into it whenever. He's like, nah, we're doing this shit right now. And then from there, like, Doug never lets go. <laughs> um, so the reason that the, uh, the post-it note comes up is that there was a tip called in um, saying that the game was fixed. Um, and so... Doug calls the tip giver back and the tip giver gives three names, all different last names, I believe, but saying that they were all related and that and that the main guy that you want to focus on is Uncle Jerry. Right. Right. OK. Um, and then let's see, we, we meet some. We OK, so remember, we're talking about a lot of filler. The reason why there's a lot of filler in this, I think, is because, again, it's a it's an FBI investigation and there are a lot of fucking hands in it. Like we have assistant district attorney attorneys in it. We hear from Mark. His name is Mark Devereaux. We hear a lot from him. Um, there were uh, this is a whole bunch of fucking people. So again, the only I wanna... people, the only people that I honestly and not to cut you off, I think no, the you're listener, good. the listener only needs to care about uh, Doug, the Jerry's, um, both of the Jerry's, right? Uh, Mrs. Colombo, yeah, uh, Robin, right? Right. Um, Pretty much anybody that was involved in the scam and uh and and and, and the girl from McDonald's. That's it. Okay, cool. All so, the rest of them cops didn't do shit. I mean, they did, but you know what I mean. They weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like very. They weren't. They they were no Doug. Except Liz, Except Timothy, because he's the only person that looked like us in this whole goddamn documentary. He really did. <laughs> and, but wait, okay. 
I'm, I'm actually a little bit upset that they sent Timothy to, to go after the black lady. Right? We'll get there. We'll get, right. we'll get I'm there. I'm going to say, because I got okay. my reservations about that shit, right? Okay, 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 okay. So, basically, that's where it starts. Uh, Doug gets uh, the information from the, uh, from the tip giver. They confirm that the three names are related. Um, and then uh, we get into the actual, to what's happening. So, what's been happening is that uh, the tip giver is, explains that they've been giving out all of the pieces. So if you guys are not familiar, like if you guys have lived on a different planet or in a different solar system for the past like 20 so years, um, the McDonald's always runs the Monopoly game, right? Mm-hmm. So we have we get the pieces off of our French fries, our Big Macs, our our uh, fucking drinks, whatever the fuck. I think you can even get them out of magazine inserts at some point. Um, and they yeah. it, so it's and so it's just essentially it's just game pieces to Monopoly, right? So if, if you match the pieces to, uh, like, if all the red properties, you get all the red properties, you get whatever that prize is. I believe the million dollars was about Boardwalk and Park Place, right? Right. But the crux of this particular scheme is that they are not stealing groups of pieces. They are stealing what, yeah. what would be what we call the instant winner pieces. So basically, right. like, under normal circumstances, you would need both Boardwalk and Park Place to get a million dollars. But the pieces right. they're stealing are the ones where if you peel it and you instantly win. And something that I right. found interesting and I did not know is that when they initially started running it, the reason you could get them in magazines or you could just go into McDonald's and ask for and a game piece, because if they don't do that, it's considered gambling. So they have to allow right. you to not purchase anything if you don't want to. Right. No right. purchase necessary type shit. Right. And so okay. I, I feel like from that standpoint, too, I, I mean, I, I don't want to allude to everything, but I feel like from that standpoint, that's why this what we're going to get into. That's why it was so easy to get that shit done in the first place, because if you could just walk in and be like, yeah, let me get one of them. You can't tell me that. You know what I'm saying? Where, I didn't get it. Yeah. Well, I got it. I, you know what I mean? I get that shit, so. Right. So. I don't know about y'all, but I have gone through many a super-sized French fry looking for these instant winter pieces so I could so I could take my I could take my family off the south side of Chicago and <laughs> <laughs> like I really had this thing. Like I wanted that speedboat, my nigga, I want that speedboat so bad. Like, I don't even one know the, where I'm listening. One of the cars, I could just see myself in that car. You feel know All me? of that shit. And I was going to eat all, all the apple pies I needed to to get it, damn it. All right. <laughs> the whole trunk of the car is so apple. Spend an extra $2 every time I show up. <laughs> oh, shit. I think Pinrose is frozen. But anyway, so uh, I, I, it was interesting when they were uh, trying to figure out, like, well, what would be the probability of of people that know each other or related to each other, what would be the probability of them winning, right? And I don't even know the number. <laughs> I, I don't even know how many, what, this, what, is, what you call this number with three, the seven sets of zeros, but it's already... It was like three like, and like... One in like three good, tr- like trill. I don't even know how many. I don't even know. Seven there are 18 plus. zeros in the number. If that's, yeah. I don't know what that is either. It's 18 zeros. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, so it's, it's, it's a number zero. niggas never gonna see in real life. Never it's in real life. It's a number that if you try to, you type it into your calculator, it comes up and like gives you like some decibels and the like <laughs> multiplication symbol. It don't even try to list all the numbers. <laughs> or it, or it, 
Or your shit just give you all them E's at the end? Like, this yes, who yes. knows this number? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, y'all know. It's, I don't know. But, like, I don't know. Figure it out. Right there, what you can see. So one and that, and then three, and then 18 zeros, that's the probability of three people winning that know each other, right? So, like, not even damn right. near impossible, but absolutely impossible. Well, three right? people three people winning as in the same family is what they said. Oh, right, in the same because family. Because it, it was two people, it was like two and some odd billion if you knew each other. And it's uh, like one, that, in, one in that 250 million. Yeah, and then that crazy ass number for three people to be in the same family and hit like that, right? Exactly. So it was very obvious when after they got that tip and really looked in, and even looked into it a little bit, there was there very obvious that there was the issue happening. So then we have to think about well, where? How do you steal a game piece from from McDonald's? Like, how does that even start? And it's I think that I mean I don't think it's surprising, but I'm sure y'all know that McDonald's doesn't print their own shit. So they have to source it, outsource it, right? Um, and the what was the company called again? Simon, Simon Marketing. Marketing. Yes. Yeah. So Simon Mar- Marketing, they this was um, wait, I guess I should I preface this in saying that this the scam ran from what the late eighties until two thousand and one. Is that uh, yeah, yeah. quite some time? And the thing to, yeah. to keep in mind about Simon Marketing is that basically. The way it works with them is that Simon has been doing this for McDonald's for essentially the entire time they have done Monopoly. They're actually the people that created Happy Meals for McDonald's. Exactly, exactly. So they, so basically these people, yeah, they've been doing this forever. But what we find out basically is that Simon Marketing, McDonald's is their biggest customer. This place is like a small kind of marketing company. They have a few offices other places, but essentially McDonald's constitutes well over 70 to 80 percent of their business. Well over. For all of my hood niggas, equated to selling a lot of McDonald's for them. <laughs> what? Wait, say that again? I said that's what McDonald's was to them. That nigga that grabbed two ounces every three days. Yes, yes, literally. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's a perfect hood analogy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in climate marketing, they said they did do scratch-offs. Um, like from some lottery things, but again, McDonald's was basically their like literally their bread and butter. Um, Big facts. Right. So they they're trying to figure out how would somebody even steal a game piece, and the first thing that they went to go do was to get some people from from McDonald's to come in without like blowing up the spot, but also trying to cover to make sure that McDonald's is not the culprit, like they're not the ones uh, scamming their own customers. And themselves, right? So they bring it. They bring in what three people? Um, I think this this uh, this is another instance where Doug really shows us how he is like meant for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so <laughs> he comes in. Bar he's day. got the. He comes in uh, to this to this meeting. It's a lot of talking. And with one thing that you learned about Doug is he's not with that chit chat. He's about action. Um, and he wants to he wants to get to it. So he's in this born ass meeting. He comes in this born ass meeting, literally dressed like a McDonald's French fry. He's in a golden suit. And guys, he's in the FBI. Again, I feel like I need to tell y'all this. He, they didn't hire him off Craigslist. 
This man is in the FBI. He comes in looking like a McDonald's French fry. Very appeasing to the McDonald's people. Not so appeasing to his co- his colleagues. <laughs> they were he not. Did not find it amusing, but he was definitely dressed like a fucking Willy Wonka golden ticket. Right? <laughs> and I and I swag he came in costume, ready to go. But I found, but really, I thought it was hilarious how the FBI called McDonald's was like. Hey, we want to keep this real discreet. We want to make sure, you know, could you just... They called the one guy that's head of security and was like, could you come down here? And they were like, yeah, that ain't going to work for us. Send two more people. Like, yeah. the FBI yeah. called one person and asked to send one person. Right. Three motherfuckers yeah. showed up at the airport. Now, what if they just yeah. left them and been like, no, nah, y'all got to stay I, out here. I feel like you didn't hear how discreet I said to keep this. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Who are all these people? Why are there so many of you? But, I mean, but I don't ima- know but, uh, who know who know. Right, exactly. But imagine being the head of global security for McDonald's and getting a phone call from the FBI saying, hey, somebody's breached the fuck out of your security. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I mean, like, I I, I feel like if that was my job, bitch, I would have started packing my, my desk. Like, like, <laughs> that's, like I, I didn't do my job somehow. Like, you know? Yo, I thought about that. I thought about that when they introduced him. So the first time I watched it, you know, you just trying to get all the information and shit. When I went back, when I went back and watched it the second time, I literally looked at this dude and I was like, "How did they not fucking fire you? Like this nigga been doing this for damn near twelve years, my G." And he even said that he, you know, he's the one that goes out and like looks at the process and everything yeah. looks top fake. And I was like, yikes, my guy! Like you legit should have not had a job, maybe. Like right. My thing is you bragging I- like. Yeah, I covered this many countries and this many stores. And you couldn't catch one thing? Come on. <laughs> in his defense, because I mean, okay. anybody else, I feel like, in any other type of thing, I think you probably get fired. But in his defense, when you find out how this guy was actually doing it, it's True. like, okay, I really don't know that he would have had really any That's way to How he would have been able to stop it. Yeah, like, I don't know if he would have known that. And if they hadn't have gotten that tip, I don't think anybody would have ever known anyway. And people would have still been selling gay pieces. So, True shit. True shit. Um, so let me think, let me think. Sorry, I'm going through my notes. Um, so they they get a hold of these three people at McDonald's. I think that after that meeting, they feel pretty confident that 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 they're not involved. Like McDonald's as a corporation is probably not involved. Um, and so then they get ready to start the FBI investigation. Um, we end up. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, they the last McDonald's. Uh, uh, Monopoly game ran that they were actually using to as a sting operation was back when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was super popping and I'm right. sure I feel and like I remember like I, when they showed that part of the on the documentary I was like oh nigga I remember these commercials and shit like and uh-huh. it's the fucking Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Monopoly uh, run and this was the one that they it was pretty much a sting a sting operation. And so we, uh, I mean, generally that's the that's what the next few episodes are about. Really, it's just about uh, building that that FBI case, right? It was about building the FBI case. You meet a couple more uh, important characters. You meet um, the Columbos. Um, we find out who Uncle Jerry is, and they they, yeah. they they begin to put the whole. Towards the end of the first episode, they begin to put a couple pieces together, and then just immediately in episode two and three. They blow open, of course, who all the characters are, who all the big pieces are. Um, and so we meet, um, we meet, meet Jerry Colombo. We also meet um, 
why can't I remember Jerry's last name now? I feel so Jerry Jacobson. This is our show. Jacobson. Jerry Jacobson, who is, who is uh, the head of security for Simon Marketing. Then you got right. Jerry Colombo, who is part of the Colombo family, the Colombo crime family. Right. And this is how this whole thing begins to blow up. Right. Um, so, um, remember... Well, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, so remember... Okay, so I guess that's where we can start. So, we know that now the, the issue is probably coming out of Simon Marketing, and that's how we that's how we run into Jerry Jacobson with Simon Marketing, right? Not Columbo? Yeah, Jacobson. Um, so, the idea is that he's taking these pieces, and we don't really know how yet, but he's getting these pieces and he's putting it in the hands of like people that are close to him, family members that may not share the same last name, people that it might have been married into the family, um, things like that. So we meet our first winner, uh, Michael Hoover, right? Yes. Um, he, he is a pit boss at a casino, um, and he he went he wins and they and he's one of the first winners and so they're like okay. Now it's time to set in the sting, the, the sting operation. Well, not the sting operation, but like the undercover operation thing. So this is, again, when I tell y'all that Doug has found his place in the world. Doug goes in and he says, this is what we should do. Let's treat it like Publishers Clearinghouse. Let's go ahead and let's get some balloons. Let's get a big check. I'm going to be the director. We're going to have we're going to call in the McDonald's lady that always it meets the winners. We're going to have this whole thing. It's going to be a big thing. We're going to record him and we're going to get a story. And that's what they do. Um, does anybody want to talk about this? This part? Um, I think really the only thing I think the only thing we really learn here is that um, uh, is you can get them out of magazines. I think that's when we learn this because it says to get that's them out exactly. of magazines. Um, yes. And then we also learned that the whole purpose of this recording this is so they can get these people's statements on film. So then when they try to build a court case, it's referred back to this video. Did you not say these things? This is what you right. told McDonald's right. about how you won or came into being a millionaire, blah, blah, blah. So that, I mean, I think that's the important takeaway. We learned that this is yes. pretty much going to become the crux of how they get these people indicted is they record their statements and get them to recall how they won and i think that the the takeaway that you should definitely get from this is that everybody's story was trash but we're talking about they're talking about the day that you won a million dollars yeah like they had they yeah the stories they told were kind of like i was like i don't uh, like i i mean and i get and i think that was the part that really made the fbi be like okay all these people are lying because right when you have events like that happen in your life, whether it be happy or sad, you remember that. Nobody blacks out and doesn't absolutely I want a million dollars. That no, that absolutely you don't. <laughs> I'm telling you what I had on. I'm telling you, like I'm telling you everything. I'm telling you what somebody next to me had on. I'm telling you what the person, the first person that congratulated me had on. Like you, like you, it's just some. Like I just feel like it's something that you that you always remember details about. And I for sure know that winning a million dollars is one of them. So I did think it was funny that a drunk guy tried to steal the paper check that isn't worth oh any, my God. any money on the beach. Now that part was funny. Did that <laughs> did, did that part not remind you of the the homeless dude on Tropic on uh not Tropic Thunder but uh fucking the semi pro semi pro? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> with the, Hell with the yeah, fucking dude. with the fucking big check and you gotta go to the big check department. The big but check listen, bank. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, so this dude, Hella, took off, and then, like, Doug, now, guys, remind you, remind you, as they're doing these productions and recording these winners and stuff, Doug is not an FBI agent anymore. He is a, a director, um, and this man steals a fake check from uh, from the, the first winner, Michael Hoover, on the beach, and Doug chases him down like a fucking FBI agent. And I was like, holy shit. If he, I was like, he could possibly blow his cover. Like, nobody knows how to RoboCop run like that unless you're a cop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, the, and that's, I mean, and then you see like them cut back to the other offices and they were like, we don't know why he ran after him. Right. It's not worth anything. Like, but Doug, Doug seems like he's a man about principle. You feel me? <laughs> I guess the oh. other thing that's important to take away from this is that yeah. uh, they tap this guy, Michael Hoover's phone. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and that is how we get to, what is his name, AJ Glom or Andrew Glom? Yes. That's how they find their first connection. Michael Hoover mm-hmm. is calling this guy, and they're like, like that's seconds, interesting. Like seconds after the production, after the production crew leaves. And he immediately is like, yeah, they they bought my story. And then he goes on to recount how they asked him about the boat that he was going to buy. And the boat's name is... Dirty Scoundrel. Oh, Ruthless Scoundrel. Girl. And they just have a good-ass chuckle on the phone about how they know that they are defrauding McDonald's and they have named this boat Ruthless Scoundrel. And that is (laughs) when all their shit gets in. That's about the time the FBI is like, fuck this, we finna blow the spot up. Oh yeah, like it's pretty much happening. But like when y'all watch this, y'all are gonna so enjoy them like faking like they're like it's Liz basically looks like publicist house and they they have this man like saying all these corny ass lines and going on the beach and all this like it's just so hilarious like the extent that Doug went to to like try to like make this shit believable. But it works, it works, it works. Um But that's so, that's that's the beautiful part about it, though, man. I think yeah. Doug was like the hero in this whole situation, cause like, who, who, none of them dudes wanted to put up with none of that. None of those cops wanted to do that. None of them. Every time when he when they went to the first guy's house and he like, oh, let's go to the beach, let's go to the supermarket. They like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? No, bro? yeah, what is he doing? Why are you doing this? Like, stop doing right. this. But I mean, he, he, lock this man into these lies. Right. right. Exactly. He made exactly. he made it more believable though. You know what I'm saying? It's like like y'all had already uh, talked about. Dude was on the phone spilling it. Like, oh, I said this. They believe that. Da 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 da. da. So, you know. I mean, if it wasn't for I, Doug, I honestly feel like they probably wouldn't have got to where they was trying to get to. Oh, probably, absolutely not. They would have left it alone. We'll see. We already seen Richard one trying to mess with it in the first place. So. Right. So opening up this, uh, the so tapping uh, Michael's phone, the, it kind of opens up the idea that maybe they should be tapping other people's phones. Um, and so out of all the names that they have, they start tapping the phones, and they realize that there's one name in common, and that's Jerome Jacobs, a.k.a. Jerry Jacobson, right? A.k.a. Uncle Jerry. <laughs> Uncle... Yes, Uncle Jerry, right, right, right. So then, then Uncle Jerry is not a name that we gave him. Um, that is a name that people have were openly calling him. I suppose that it has something to do with, um, it has mob connotations to it. Um, and that's something that you guys will also learn in this. As you, because again, we're just like getting like the main idea, but you'll learn there's, it's very, very, it's, it's giving me very, very mob ties vibes, like. I mean, like, it, and we even have one of the quote-unquote winners, and like, the, like the we the reason that they picked her was because it, the whole scam was looking very mob-tie-ish, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it was it was I mean, it was tied through through the mob. It was right. through the the Columbos actually got involved with the with the entire situation and um the Columbos kind of like muscled their way into it, didn't they? Didn't you feel well, like that? They didn't really I don't feel like they they muscled their way into it. What happened was um well what the story says is that Jerry Jacobson had already met Uncle Dominic for that was okay. in the Colombo right. family. Right, 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 and right. They was just already getting money together. Well, when he started getting old, he gave it to Jerry Colombo, and then Dominique died. So when Jerry Colombo took over, he was that that type of you know type of monster that was, yeah, I, 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 you know, I knock your block off. And so that he started moving in that kind of way. Because if you think about it, from for them to have been doing that for so long, and the only people that ended up getting Finished on all one around 2001. That means when Dominic was running it, they was just getting money and nobody was was complaining. You see what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly, exactly. This like this scam has literally been running for like more most of my life. Like, um, but so let me think. Where are we? So, um, so yeah, pretty much that's. I mean, that's pretty much like the gist of it. Is like uh, Jerry is Jerry Jacobson or Uncle Jerry is getting these tickets. And he's distributing them to people that are close to the family, family members, born into, uh, married into the family. Um, so then we go to, I think, I feel like we're at episode two now. This is where Uncle Jerry uh, uh, gives the, the million dollar ticket to St. Jude, right? Yes. That, yeah, that's how episode um, two starts. Yep. Doing like a, a promotional video or something at uh, St. Jude's Hospital. And so they're basically saying that uh, they, because, you know, they get mailed, they get mailed all the time. And so they're saying basically right. someone opened a, a, an envelope that was mailed from Texas, but the person was anonymous. They opened it. It had the little Monopoly prize board or whatever in it. And it was just the million dollar winner uh, piece of it. And mm-hmm. so St. Jude's took it as a donation, which I thought was interesting. And I will say this, why I, I am glad that they let them keep the money. If it had been anybody else, they probably wouldn't have. And I just say that because, technically speaking, the prizes are non-transferable. Transferable. Basically. Right. So basically, like, if you die or something, you can't be like, my kids are going to keep getting my million dollars. Right. Like, it doesn't right. work that way. So technically speaking, right. because somebody mailed it to them, they shouldn't have been able to collect the prize. But McDonald's, of course, who I doesn't mean, want yeah. good so wait, I fucking But you want to know, I remember that. I remember when that happened though, and it's like when that when they showed it on the show, it almost made me feel like I was part of a like FBI conspiracy oh, or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I remember being a kid and seeing that shit happen on TV. Like then somebody gave St. Joe's uh, a monopoly piece. So I have a question then. Oh, I'm sorry. I do, I do have a question though about what you just said. Um, so technically, so it is. I understand the non-transferable, but so then. If somebody, so let's say that you won a million dollars through Monopoly, right? And like legitimately, like you actually like won it, and you would have the only way that it would it would not be illegal would be for you to have to cash it out and then hand the money over to them, right? So yeah. essentially, that would be correct. Like whoever won it would have had to turn in the ticket piece, and then they could have just made a million dollar donation to St. Jude's or whatever. But right. I think the re- the the re- so unrelated but really good thing about this, and we'll get into this more. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize is that when you win prize money, you have to pay taxes on it. You pay taxes on oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah. 
prize money, lottery money, whatever. You have to but, pay taxes. See, so these but people are winning a million dollars, quote unquote, but they're actually winning closer to like five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right. And then, uh, but, and, and that's so why I alluded to by the fact Saint that Dominic, getting the ticket because they technically are not privy to tax laws because they're a charitable foundation. They got a million dollars. They didn't get five hundred thousand dollars. So that's really that the only too. good thing that comes out of this. Right, that's true, that's true, that's true. What were you saying, Penrose? No, I was saying, too, that's why I was alluding to the fact that Dominic must have been doing it right, because um, once we go and meet um, uh, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the characters, that, uh, the people in the story that were winning or whatever, that's the uh-huh. main thing everybody was complaining about was paying them taxes. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and they remember, uh, guys, not only were they paying taxes on the actual prize money, but they were having to prepay for even having the ticket. Yeah, like, and... Um, and the money that was given up, the half that oh, they yeah. were given up to Jerry was not taxed. So right, not only exactly. were they paying the taxes, but they given up more than half untaxed. Untaxed. And, like you win a million dollars and really walking away with like thirty thousand. So, like yeah, dead but- ass, like because you're getting you're, you're getting you're getting fucking mafia tax and fucking federal tax. Like so, I guess we should rewind. Right. At some point, we learned yeah. during all of this that these people are winning money. But what they are having to do in order to get these instant win pieces is they're having to basically come up with un- from upfront money. I think from what I understood to be, what was like $10,000? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. I actually, actually wrote it down. Hold on. Um, I think it was so, different for everybody. Well, from, was, well the, the, the only way they broke it down was with that million dollar piece. And so what would happen is somebody would have to come up with $50,000 to give to, to, to Jerry... Columbo? I can't remember. Yeah. Whoever, whoever's in the Jerry, Jerry Columbo was the one that was... Once, once it got big, where we meet the story is when Jerry Columbo get involved. Once this, that shit started flowing through the... Because, you know, when Dominic was doing it, they never state that all of those people was connected. Right. Those people didn't start being in the same family in the same area until Columbo took over. Jerry Columbo right. himself. So, so, he took over. You know what I'm saying? That That's where we see it at then. Right. So let's say you got a million dollar uh, piece from these niggas. And so you would have to get $50,000 before you even saw the piece. You'd have to give this mo- this money to the person that's going to essentially hand you the piece. Now, now, so now you pay $50,000. So now you're negative $50,000. Then you get a ticket and you get to turn it in. And then whenever you get that money, no matter what the tax is. So let's say, I don't know. I don't know how taxes work. But let's say out of a million dollars, you only get $750,000. You still have to give $500,000 to Jerry Jacobson because he he stole the ticket for you. Right. So, so now you now you're down to two hundred fifty. And all these people again, like we said, are getting this money before taxes. You're the right. one stuck exactly. paying the taxes on this money after. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that and then that's and then again that's after everybody else taking what the what the fuck they're taking. And, and then this is after you put that fifty thousand dollars back wherever the fuck you got it from. Uh, right. And, yeah. But you know what? Now, even in the sense, because because moving into what we're talking about, getting into the mm-hmm. people that was winning money and the way that they was winning it, what I've never been a high level crook ever in my life. But I feel like we've yeah. all done dirt. There's mm-hmm. no way you telling me that y'all this high up moving this much money around. And so, okay, listen, what we did not say was these tickets did go to people in the same family, but these tickets went to Jerry Colombo's wife. Jerry Colombo's father-in-law, Jerry Colombo's stepdaughter, and Jerry Colombo's wife's long-lost best friend. Right. This had to be the dumbest connection in the history and, of pulling fucking scams. 
And honestly, the best friend was only because Robin said, hey, maybe stop giving it to all the motherfuckers we know. Exactly. Give it to a black lady. That was her. Yeah. Give it to a woman of color. Give it to a woman I'm of color. To a bunch of Italians. Give it to a woman of color. On the East color. Coast. Yeah, exactly. exactly. On the exactly. East Coast. Get get her away from where we... And so... And I... And it, in, in, in the... the, the in lieu of what a scheme is, the setup was beautiful. Got her a, yeah. a crib in, in, in South Carolina. Got her a phone in South Carolina. And we're talking about still in some places where landlines were still very prevalent. So to go right. through and get all of these things accomplished meant that you really wanted to make this happen. But right. the the business side to, to tell this black woman, and first off, let me say, I thought one of the funniest things in this documentary is when the dude who was the cameraman was like... Uh, when they met uh, Gloria, she, she remember he was like, Gloria ain't want to tell us nothing. Yeah. And when she talked to her, she was like, oh, I can tell they was the feds. She was like, no, nobody asked them type of questions in a regular <laughs> interview. You know what I'm saying? She was right. like, I knew something was up. So I didn't want to talk to them no more because I already knew I was lying. Right. But it, I bring her up because um, we talked about people having to come up with money first. Everybody that had to put money up beforehand knew what was up. This dude right. literally brought her to his house, wined and dined her with the lies, and then went to her crib and was like, you got to mortgage your crib right here and now. What? Yeah, I'm going to need 50000 so you're going to get it to me now or now? Like, right. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. it ain't even, it, you can't even say no. And so it just goes to show, like, the love of, of or that thought of, all right, I done got my golden ticket. I'm about to get the fuck about the hood, or I'm about to pay off the these loans, or I'm about to do whatever these people thought that this money was going to do for them. And how every, there's nobody in that story that came out on the positive. Absolutely not. And Gloria, Gloria was a single mom, barely like, barely making enough to to take care of the, the, the two of them already. So like, right. like for her to even like, so somebody approaching her, asking her $50,000, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. but at that time, but at that time, it's like either I give it to him or something else worse happens to me because I know too much. Exactly, and that was the that was the very unfortunate part behind it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, Especially when you look at some of those people being in different positions too, because right. uh, I remember, and I'm, I know we'll get forward into it, but when the when the guy uh, uh, went to his man's and was like, "Yo, my man's doing these tickets," and he was like, "Shit, give me three of them." When you have the, the, when you got the influence to say, yeah, I got the money up front, give me that, as opposed to being the person that's like, shit, I'm going to take this fucked up ass deal because it might be my way out the hood. Those right. Really, I think when you very look at different, people, you know. when you yeah. look at the people that we spoke to, that's a valid point because I think we meet Gloria and then the other lady, Lee, who never got any money, which we'll get there. But Lord, I mean, Lee was hella strange to me, y'all. Lee was off, but Lee was off, okay. but we meet Gloria and Lee, and these are the only two people who have regular, average, you know, lower to middle class jobs, or they're making minimum wage, or barely making right. ends meet. So they were the right. only two people who really did not have the availability of funds to just give these people fifty thousand dollars in exchange right. for a million dollar ticket. They were literally the only people who were literally caught between a rock and a hard place. Like now right. I know too much, and I have to do this, and now I have right. to give you money I don't have. Or else I'm concerned for the safety of my family members because you know where I live and all this shit about exactly. And and to piggyback your point, those two not only were they the only two in those positions, they were the only two women, and they were the only two that were personally approached by Jerry Colombo. Yeah, that were outside of the family. Everybody else was approached by Jerry Jacobson or or a recruiter. 
You know what I mean? Yep. So. That's, it's, yep, 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 yep. Um, where are we? Um, so pretty much, so you guys get the idea of like how they're being dis- uh, distributed. Um, and then do we jump to? Uh, well, yeah, we. I mean, we kind of talked about glory already. Um, and yeah, so I said the fifty thousand, the five hundred thousand. Um, we. I mean, like I said, it's a lot of filler. Like we do a lot of back uh, uh, backpedaling to like the the late eighties where Jerry Jacobson got the first game piece. Um, and had his cousin, his, was it, was Marvin his brother? Marvin is, that- is his stepbrother. And so okay. originally how this scam first starts is he gives his brother Marvin, his stepbrother Marvin, a $20,000 game piece. Marvin right. cashes it because they do not have the same last name. Cashes it, gets his $20,000. He splits Marvin it Brown. with, he splits it with yeah, Jerry. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Like they split it with Jerry. He assumes this is over and done with. Right. At some point later, he tries to give him a million dollar ticket. He's like, I don't, we're not doing cool, this. Bro. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm not interested. And he flushes it down the toilet, which I right. thought it was going to smack him in the fucking head with when he ripped the goddamn sink out the wall. It was just going to sink, but. I mean, I, I thought that too, but then I thought not when it's super simple for me just to get another one. True. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like whatever. Like I'm still in these about a handful. Like who the fuck cares? Like, but yo, can I say something real quick that I thought was interesting about Marvin? Yeah, Marvin. Marvin's a, a dude that he was the only dude that lived by the code for real in this whole documentary. True because story. No, no matter what, he never allowed them to. He even said it. Now nah, we wasn't close as the brothers, but yeah, y'all niggas ain't about to talk shit about him. Y'all yeah. ain't about to make him look bad. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. we knew he knew way more than what he was saying, but he oh, never yeah. let it be, you know, alluded to the fact. He like, yeah, he gave me the one ticket, but oh yeah, I thought it was over after I ripped that ticket up in his face. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You talked to that <laughs> after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of felt you that seen way. this man after that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, he, he knew more than he was letting on. I don't think he knew everything, but okay. you know, I but which I also I think that it's interesting that that is the power that money has over people in that instant gratification because if you notice in all of these interviews not once did any of these people ask him how he was getting these tickets and if this was illegal they knew Nobody deep down they knew deep down but they felt like if they never asked any questions they would have like culpable deniability I really feel like that's it like they knew it was wrong something in right. the news. But they never think, asked that man where he was getting these tickets from and how the fuck he was defrauding McDonald's. And they didn't care. They didn't. And I I, I think I think that his title at um at that place made them feel like maybe he wasn't the actual person physically stealing them. You know? Because right. they were because they were because he's he's security. And so when you think of security, you think he's behind a desk somewhere, he eating donuts, he sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like so you don't like necessarily think that he's the guy handcuffed to the suitcase. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he, he, like, he's like, he's the one transporting these actual people. So he is actually the one self-stunning. So I think that that was helping people accept it because they were like, this, like displacing the person that they know directly from the crime, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I think this is also the episode where we kind of find out why it was so difficult for them to figure out what he was doing because they kind of discuss with us how these tickets are placed on like, like on the cups and whatever. 
So we right. find out that they use a secure printing company that also manufactures like scratch offs and lottery tickets. So these people are known for being like a secure place. They can get you whatever you need. No questions asked. They're going to do it. It's going to be printed. It's going to be ships tight. All right. So they right. have like a vault where they keep the winning tickets in it, but it takes two people to open this vault. Yeah. And then we find out there are like sealed trucks that are like loaded on a plane. And then the people come meet the truck and then they stand there with like six other people and cut the seal and people got briefcases handcuffed to their wrist and secret right. codes. They pass them back and forth and they doing, you know, sign language across the table. And that means put it on the prize. <laughs> and that means put it on the apple pie. Listen, <laughs> the way they describe the way that they put like put the, the, the big prizes in circulation you really would think at first glance there is no fucking way that anybody is defrauding these people. This is a bunch of bullshit. The FBI like there's literally no way to get to do that. There's no way to do it. And then she said they even put like they write on the winning pieces with a black light. So if you, yes. if you try to so print even if you one, come in with a fake one, exactly. they're gonna right. be like, they can tell. Nah. So they're just like, I just until they until he explained what he did, I really was just kind of like, I don't know, because I mean, I thought long and hard about, it, and I was like, I, I really do not know how he's getting these pieces out of here. Look, when they showed the people at from the uh, print company, I was like. One of them white boys got something to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I, I honestly initially I was like, yeah, somebody's handing these to him. Like there's mm-hmm. no fucking way, like on their way out or at lunchtime, like somebody's sliding these to him. Something. Dropping them uh, on the floor yeah. and saying, oops, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, did anybody did anybody else notice that the one guy that was talking about uh he was the one that sat in that room and put put them on the different cups, he would get the briefcase. Did anybody else ever notice, also notice, I mean, that in that documentary, he pretty much alluded to being Jerry Jacobson's stepson? Did he? Remember he said growing up with Jerry Jacobson was very abusive? And he then he goes, same. and then he goes to talk about, because uh, remember the, the, the wife talked about Jerry would hit her kid, and, mm-hmm. and that and that's when they they was gonna split up or whatever. The one wife they interviewed anyway. Yeah. And then that dude was talking about how you know growing up with Jerry Jacobson was he was an abusive dude, and he worked for the, the, the same company. people. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, they didn't um they didn't not the printing company, but for Simon Marketing. Yeah, and um also Jerry's ex wife worked there too with his mom, right? That was his mom, exactly. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, they so, had a lot. Yeah, this, I don't know. Is this where we meet um, the the Colombo brother and the sister and the very sedated sister-in-law, Frank and Heather? Yeah. Is she sedated? Sis, yeah. This <laughs> is very tired. I don't know what else. I like. She just um. I don't know. Something's off. <laughs> Something's very wrong with her. Um, she, yeah. I think she, she, she almost be looking at him like, please don't say too much. You, you gonna get us killed by the peoples? Yeah, that nigga look like uh, Kamishta, huh? Right, real talk. <laughs> I think BJ's uh, frozen, but uh, yeah. So um, yeah, we meet uh, his brother, and we find out that. Um, people uh, that you know, like that, people are actively helping him. Like they're they're hiding, you know, like the little gumball, like fifty cent machines, where you can like get a little fake ring or like some a handful of like like candy or some shit. 
like so like those little like plastic little eggs i think the little toys come in they're like hiding them in their freezers and all that stuff like that um and just like saving them for when they have somebody to extort for it i don't know like is that the right word for extorting like probably not extorting but like bribing like hella bribing i don't know so i guess we're at the part where um doug matthews are 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 true hero of of this documentary tells us that he has a brilliant idea so he tells them they should do a vegas thing they should get all of the winners together tell them they're gonna have a reunion in vegas they're gonna get them free flights and hotels and everybody's gonna come out and they're gonna tell their story about how they won their money and everyone's gonna cheer and clap and it's gonna be amazing (laughs) Uh, right so we yeah so he has plenty of ideas and the uh, FBI is like, yeah, you have plenty of ideas. We have zero money. Um, we are not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, we don't have no money. Um, we're poor. Uh, we're poor the way white people are poor. We have plenty of credit, no cash. We can't do yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so, right. Pretty much. Like, that's literally, like, the best description. We're the FBI. We got plenty of, we got plenty of clout we could throw around, but it's not going to get us no hotel rooms at the embassy suite. So. <laughs> <laughs> to do is they're like well fuck it i mean the idea is good in theory we're just not going to go to vegas or get any hotel rooms or anything like that we're going to tell them we're going to record you telling us how you won your million dollars and then um we'll play the videos on a screen in vegas if you agree to, if you agree to sit down with us then you'll win a free trip to vegas and we'll play your video on the screen so everybody's now, like, okay, of, cool. And a lot of these people, this is now the second, third time that they're telling this story. But who can turn down a Vegas mm-hmm. trip, right? Right. Right. Which, yeah, and I think that's the part. Maybe that's why Gloria was like, okay, something is up. She clearly knew these motherfuckers was the feds because they was asking way too many questions. And it wasn't just me or did they seem kind of like they keep saying they tried to make it fun and inviting but they just seemed really fucking combative or is that they was interrogating interpret things from white people or they was interrogating off top because I mean, okay yeah it seemed like an interrogation to me too i didn't see where any of that was fun or funny right no, i and, feel like and if you're trying to keep it live and even trying to like you know uh, uh cover it up you're gonna be asking shit like you know, did you spend the money on your kids? What you like? Ask, ask stuff that normal people ask. Like nobody is really about to be like, take me to the beach, take me to the store. Who'd you call after that? Like, right? Yeah. Like, true shit. True shit. I think like I really think when you break down the question, like it does sound very copy. <laughs> I was like, I thought she was looking at them like, what the fuck? I'm not answering. Okay, y'all, 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 she was parked on that chair. <laughs> Y'all keep saying it that, that Gloria had an issue with it, but this bitch was holding Ronald McDonald and pointing to her name and then doing 57 takes, like, no problem. So. True indeed. True indeed, but I think she was only going through with it because at that point, you already deep into it now. You can't say yeah. no, but I think in that first interview, if you noticed, she, like, she had the stone face towards the end, like, nigga, leave me alone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. want to talk to y'all, so. Yeah, pretty much. Um... So yeah, so they get them all together. Specify what entrapment is, because I think to the average person they feel like it's something different than what it is. Right. (laughs) So they have to, so they have to go on record very quickly and clear up like, hey, entrapment is when the police 
coerce you or convince you or put the idea in your head to commit a crime. I.e., right. we're sitting in here and we're videotaping you and you've already won a million dollars and I sit there and I'm like, you know, it would be really easy to defraud McDonald's. All you would need to do is go turn in this slide piece across the table, turn in this other piece, <laughs> you could uh, get an extra million dollars. That is entrapment. They have essentially right. coerced you into doing something that you otherwise wouldn't have done. The reason that right. these videos are not entrapment is that they are essentially not tricking these people into incriminating themselves they're is because they've already them. done whatever they were going to do. The crime and, is done. <laughs> and, they're at, and they're asking instead of feeding things like I know who you were with, I know what you did they're asking them who, they're asking them what. And so then that's then so I think that that also saves them from like it being considered entrapment. And, and, and not only that, you're lying about 75% of this shit anyway. So <laughs> 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 Like, it's not entrapment if you made up a story and came here and told it to me. I didn't exactly. say it. Tell lies. I did not. If, if all of us is lying. Like. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> now, if you would have told the Stone Cold truth, maybe you had a leg to stand on. But you lied to me coming out the gate, Playboy. <laughs> what you expect me to do? In my mind, I would just think if you want a million dollars fraudulently, why would you want to come forward and then have your face plastered places, talk to people? Like, there are people who win the lottery and you don't ever know who they are. They just, you know, they anonymously collect their change as long as they don't live in a state where you have to disclose. Like, why would you? But I think, I think what's the name of them were comfortable with doing it? Because you're talking about the guy that got them involved is a well-known mafia boss. And yeah. he went on TV and won a fucking car. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And he did the. Remember, he opened the 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 church, the titty bar church. Oh yeah, what was it called? Uh, <laughs> the Fuzzy Bunny. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you know, if if this guy's living that kind of life, it almost makes you feel like, well, if, I'm almost assuming that the people that were brought in through him was probably looking at it like this nigga's on TV. Ain't nobody looking <laughs> him. So right, they exactly. must not know about us, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Which I will point out that I guess he gave the grandpa a ticket or something, and so the granddaughter is like, he did an interview? Yeah, really? that, that's the father-in-law. Where does yeah. that take? Like, sis was dead surprised that he did an interview because, again, she's fucking smart. She was like, no, he said he would take it on the on the, on the the condition that he never had to do any interviews. Like a real nigga. Like, duh. Exactly. You see, she the only one that do no damn jail time, supposedly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's true. She ain't that's do no true. interview. <laughs> and honestly, goes, that's like, way to do it. I don't think I would. Bitch ass thing. <laughs> yeah, for real. That right. ass. So, so um, pretty much the Vegas trip is like gathering like those final bits of what they need to convict people. Um, they pretty much already had everything they knew. For for me, I think they already had enough. And Doug was just trying to do this, like <laughs> being Doug. Like Doug I don't was know. trying to do his one too. He, yeah, yeah. He, he, he ain't want to. Doug figured, you know what? I got enough to wrap this up. But if I wrap this <laughs> shit up now, it's right back to that morning hospital work. Right. right. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so so then they come back. They compile this fucking FBI like. I, I, don't, I don't. It's not like it's more than a fact sheet. It's kind of like the it's a breakdown of basically the entire investigation, all the surveillance information, all that stuff like that. Big ass document. Somebody now in the documentary, we do not know. It is not actually said 
who did it. But one of the FBI agents or somebody working closely with the case randomly just hit like a, I don't, if you guys are not old enough to know, fax machines, um, they're like emails, but like before email. It's like email and through so, the phone. Well, I yes. mean, people people still have fax machines now. The younger generation has them. It's just that even to them, to, to us, updated fax machine to me still is like. Yeah. I, I, I but so. I still remember. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so it's a speed dial button, just like now, a speed dial button on your phone. Exactly. As you were saying. Um, no. I think so. And he just bounced out. But anyway, so, yeah, so they they compile this thing and they, somebody Sorry, hits a speed. Like somebody hits a speed dial button on the fax machine and just sends it over. They assume that is for, was it the Greenville uh, New or FBI? They assume that it's the, another FBI department or, or agency. But in actuality, it is a fucking reporter's fax number to the news, for the newspaper, basically, right? The guy that does their crime. Right. So they are thinking that it is something that they have sent over that's like a police blotter or some right. update on some case that he's ran a case on. And I will preface this to say, like, it's a big deal because this is not after the fact. They have not arrested any of these people. So what they actually were trying to send over was it's a summary, but it's more like what they would need to make a case. Because they basically, in all of these places they're arresting people, have to give the arresting officers and a judge enough information to be able to have probable cause to issue a warrant for these people's arrests. So they right. essentially have to lay out their case because that has to go to the judge to then say, OK, you can now arrest these people for whatever you're saying that you think they did. So they right, essentially exactly. have laid out their whole case in this dossier and then e- and faxed it to the to the newspaper. <laughs> so the newspaper gets it like, mm, I don't think we should have this. And so then, of course, they make a negotiation with the FBI that they would get exclusive rights to being able to drop the story first and essentially i mean honestly like when it comes down to it anytime you say i'm not gonna say this is like a golden rule but anytime like the new a news reporter or a newspaper knows something that they shouldn't know yet that's totally all you got to do and they'll get them and they won't say nothing <laughs> like you give them the exclusive and they literally don't give a fuck well i mean so, cause you have to play ball right and if your whole bread exactly. and butter and the reason you have a job is because you do the crime beat why would you want to make the FBI and the police mad? Like, yeah, like, uh, like, definitely don't send him that triple homicide. Like, <laughs> <laughs> tell him about that. Remember what that nigga did last time? <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, without giving too much of the of the story up, um, that's pretty much um, it. They go on to arrest people. Um, I don't really want to give that away because you'll. I think that you'll be surprised that everybody. I, I mean. Again, we talked about at the beginning, white collar crimes don't really get a lot of time anyway, but I think you'll be surprised to find out how little time people do. Because when you think about it, like this isn't like this isn't a victimless crime. Like this this affected two different two Look, whole companies. Like three whole companies, it affect, really. It affected three whole companies. It affected people uh not only in America, but there were people that lived in I wanna say Japan, New Zealand, mm-hmm. New Amsterdam, and somewhere else that all lost their jobs. Um, mm-hmm. cause it is one man. Um, and just like, if you just look at, it was just way too many people affected by this shit, man, for yeah. it to be, for, for those people to only do like ankle monitor time. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, appreciate it. So. Appreciate it. 
Um, I mean, dollars yeah. are like there's restitution, but again, like that, like none, like that doesn't bring these people's companies back. This doesn't bring the hundreds of workers in the warehouse back, the factories back, you know. Right. So what we're alluding to is that Simon Marketing, essentially the people that have handled this thing for McDonald's this entire time, went under. Because when they found out that they essentially had breached security with McDonald's, they might have been able to kind of stay open. But then I think their next biggest account also pulled their business. And at right. that point, it was done. Yeah, they said it that did. is the single was largest yeah. stock drop in a day that the market's ever seen. Like their shares went ever from seen. a little over $100 to right at 50 cents. Like, like 50 cents. Yeah, exactly. In a day. So yeah. yeah, there was no coming back from that. He he bank essentially bankrupted these people and lost thousands and thousands of jobs. I guess in the name of uh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> but then I, I, cars I and folks. <laughs> what's crazy is when you look at that Simon Marketing put all they duck all they ducks in one bucket or all their eggs in one bucket, and that printer company when that printer company got with McDonald's, they stopped working with a lot of other people because they didn't have to anymore. And when this shit went down. They shut down too, cause that you know nobody wanted to work with them because even though they had nothing to do with this at all, that was their number one company and they lost they lost the contract. So and that's shitty and it sucks. And then I guess the reason we're saying these people are get like ankle monitor time, you, you guys, these are federal cases. And unless you have done something, essentially, unless you have committed some other crime in the name of your conspiracy or your fraudulent like most of these people are going to get wire 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 fraud and mail fraud charges that that's the number one those are normally the ones that white collar crimes go away you go away for tax evasion mail fraud wire fraud they don't carry hefty sentences normally you just kind of much time i guess for oh right all right for for white collar crimes essentially like and it's just like for it to have impacted so many people, um, it's just really, it's just, um, it's, I don't know, I guess disheartening that, you know, that these people don't like didn't really, to me, didn't really pay for their crimes. And then you think about all the, the money people spent, like regular people, like thinking that they had a chance and opportunity to win this and to change their own lives, you know? And that's my issue with it right there. That's actually right. one of the biggest issues I have is because, true indeed, there's no way you can pinpoint everybody that spent money on this and attempt to give them any type of payment back. But, you know, mm-hmm. what about that person? It's just like the lottery. That person that literally goes spends 2 3 $4 a day because they right. have the, the fair chance to win their money. And now you're telling me that, like you said, that person that was spending the extra $2 on the supersize or the milkshake or the large drink or the this or the that, and they never had a chance in hell. So, you know what I mean? If you really think about it, I know morally people don't really think about shit like that because all we're thinking about is McDonald's really didn't get fucked over because they're a big company. But, I mean, shit, if you're spending your extra $10 a week and all you're making is a couple hundred a week, <laughs> you spending that $10 trying to get this million, your, hope, your hopes and dreams is in a place where, you know what I'm saying, these people, and now that it, I guess if it never would have came out as public, who knows, right? But now that the shit right. public, it does kind of make you look at it like, damn, McDonald's, y'all kind of, y'all some, like, the head of security, need, he need he need at least let 50 niggas smack him. One nigga from every <laughs> major black city should get an open hand smacking on this nigga face. <laughs> well, I think also the thing about it is that McDonald's, we don't, I mean, obviously it's not, whoa, you know, poor McDonald's. 
they're a billion dollar company. No, they're not hurting for money. This didn't hurt them in any tangible way. But when you think about it, they print these tickets and they put them on whatever and they go out to stores, right? But they have no idea when they send it out, whatever. They sometimes send out this shit at the end of the promotion and they and nobody ever buys the the piece with the instant win on it. It could just sit in the, you know, sit at the bottom of the fry stack and nobody buys it. Monopoly's over. Right, right, right. So in essence, they gave out far more money and prizes than they actually probably have over the course of the game, thinking these people legitimately were winning, when in all actuality, there's a, a good chance that some of those pieces would have never been found. That's very true. That's very true. True indeed. True indeed. That is, that is big facts. That is. Yeah, it's, like both sides, it's like a it's like a win-lose on both ends. I mean, like, I don't right, fucking McDonald's. Right. You know, a lot of people. <laughs> I don't care if McDonald's had to pay out extra money, but... I don't know. Right. I mean, neither. Yeah, McDonald's is, is not the victim here, okay? I'm more, <laughs> I'm more mad at those people. Listen, the, the first nigga, Mike, he was a he was a drug dealer and everything else, but he ain't get a dime yeah. for McDonald's shit. I feel for that nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Think about it. Even, his man's even said it. He was like, I ain't talked to my dude since all this shit went down because he literally didn't get a dime out of this shit. And so now, not only I not get money, but I'm a fucking drug dude. I'm a drug dealer, bro, and you got the feds in my house. Not true indeed. They don't know that I sell drugs, but I'm a drug dealer, and you got the feds in my house. Some in my house. Just right. like that AJ Glum dude. AJ said he would so he gave out what is ten ten different people, so he gave out ten million dollars and his cut was six hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. I thought I thought he yeah. said sixty four. Oh yeah, six hundred it was six hundred fourteen. You're right. Like, yeah, you ain't really getting nothing. Also, Not really. Also, how dumb is AJ for having this shit written down in the cuts and the names? Cause sir, that Oh my god. Why did he burn that? He was supposed to be he was supposed to be the criminal, right? I was gonna say AJ, a career criminal. He ain't got no better at this shit. Well, who was he talking to in jail? Not the right people, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> my whole thing, right. And 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 not only did you have the shit written down, but my nigga, this was in two thousand one. That interview was like 2016, 2017. <laughs> this shit written down. Why 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 do you know where these pieces of paper are? With all of these criminal names and shit on I was like, you're not in jail, bro. Like, you didn't have to give these people. You could have kept your mouth shut. This, this is and, not a part of nothing you had going on. You just got this. And, right. And another thing, AJ, you <laughs> the only thing in this whole documentary that been to the feds more than once. Why you keep getting yeah. out the feds? And <laughs> wait, right. What is he got? He got to be a snitch. But then, like, also, like, how they asked him at the end. If he would do it again, and this nigga said tomorrow. Tomorrow. With I mean, no hesitation. And that's very, I mean, I, because when you think about it, in, in a lot of these people's minds, it was a victimless crime. Because even though we're talking about this, we're still talking about people not having a chance to win, to possibly win some prizes on a game. Like, we're not right. talking, of, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though it's shitty in the grand scheme of things, it really kind of is a victimless crime. Because there was no guarantee that these people were going to win anyway. And niggas would have spent that extra $2 on them prize anyway. So I mean, they, they, they really ran a scam where essentially there would the the risk was minimal. The idea, the, the, the idea, the idea of the risk was minimal. Because what was gonna happen? At at the very most, you get arrested, and they arrest you for fraud. But because you didn't defraud anybody, and they can't really specify a number per se. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I mean, I yeah, I guess I guess on both ends, I guess like, it depends on how you look at it. People definitely lost their jobs and shit, but like, I, 
Oh, I don't know. It's it's a mess. But guys, that's I mean, and did we miss anything? Do you guys want to touch anything else? I think yeah. the only thing I feel like that we that I want to bring up is uh uh Mrs. Colombo. And the reason I want to bring her up the, the wife and Robin Colombo and my Colombo. And the reason I want to bring this up is because uh when y'all go watch this documentary and how we talked about it when we first uh started the show, the snitch gave up three people. Mind oh, you, VJ yeah, and Chris both said that this scheme had been going on from 1989 to 2001. This snitch right. didn't snitch on nobody till the year 2000, late 2000, <laughs> and she only snitched. A part of y'all to see is that again the Colombo crime family was mixed up in this. Jerry Colombo. Colombo's mom was one of those old Italian moms that was married into the mom. And when certain things don't go your way, they do what they want. And, and Robin went to jail for some things. And that you go to jail for all of the shit you get out of jail for all of that. All of that. You get caught exactly. up on the McDonald's shit. So yeah, uh, my, out of all the Columbo things they could have done. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I get it. And you'll find out, you know, that uh, her she loses her son and she may she may have felt the way about how she lost her son and who might have been the blame for it. And that's what we'll say. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And that did look a little sketchy. So. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a little, a little bit. She was probably fucking Uncle Jerry on the side. You know, she says she went to. Oh, yeah. She said she wasn't, and Uncle Jerry even asked her to marry him at one point. Exactly. So. Sorry, and then oh. Uncle Jerry, Uncle Jerry was getting a little too big for his britches. Yeah. You were in my you you telling them to walk to leave you. Right. Okay, Uncle Jerry. <laughs> okay, right. So yeah, Uncle Jerry definitely pushes some buttons and some boundaries. Um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. You're gonna, it's a lot of characters, y'all. It's a lot of little, like, intricate, like, like tree branch stories. Um, but the main thing is that from 88, 89 yep. to 2001, McDonald's Monopoly game was bullshit. <laughs> was getting ran, getting cut past through, or past like a uh, freak out of cut party. <laughs> I can, listen, real quick before we wrap up. If, if, if there was no such thing as Netflix, the internet, or anything like that, and niggas found out about this documentary back in like '98. Uncle Jerry yeah. would be a, ne- a nigga's rap name in the next like years. Monopoly <laughs> 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 money, I got money like Monopoly. Oh <laughs> exactly. Big call me Uncle Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think the only thing that's left is like they they talk about the informant who tipped them yeah. off and how nobody and they don't give the informant's name and the FBI is like mum about it. Oh, who's this informant? And then they pan back to crazy. Lee. Uh, right. So we don't mention Lee very much in this. Just know that Lee is Jerry Colombo's mistress. She describes it as a friendship. I think we all are pretty sure they were fucking. Um, however, she, all the way around. Yeah. So however she, she really, wants. She was yeah, at least right. giving some head in the front seat. Shit. So, yeah, <laughs> she wants to reimagine things. It's fine. Whatever. But what we find out is that. 
Lee is somebody that cashed in the $100,000 ticket that we talk about. He goes with her, goes to the bank with her, takes the entirety of the cash and says he has to talk to Uncle Jerry first before he can give her her cut. So what we find out is that Lee never gets any of the $100,000. But Lee is on the hook for the tax bill as if she got $100,000. Lee now owes the IRS 50 grand. She tells the IRS, I have a story to tell you. So she tells the IRS why she does not have $50,000 to give them. And the IRS, Uh in turn, tips off the FBI. (laughs) Right. But I don't think that's what happened. I don't think that's what happened. Because, Uh, well, yeah, because when you cut out, when you had cut out, I was saying it was only three people that the snitch gave up. And all three of those people were related or not related. Two of those people were related. And one of those people was the best friend. The snitch gave up the names of Gloria, Robin, and Robin's dad. The snitch was my Columbo. That's what I feel I mean, that IRS story, but I kind of feel what Doug said, too. If the IRS want their money, they got their own team to go arrest niggas. They're not going to let right. the FBI do it. They're not getting that clout for it. I mean, it's possible that both sides. Right. It could, I mean, shit, it could have been both. Who knows? I don't know. It like, could be. I mean, it could be very well that the IRS agent was like, I'm going to tell them, but whatever. I don't even believe this right. kooky ass bitch. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, cause when you, when you, you're like, her side ponytail is very questionable. Like, right. So. Did you believe anything that bitch said? No. It was I mean, hard to. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard I mean, she did, lie about having, she did lie about having sex with that man, so. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, I've never. I've never. Bitch, please. You riding around with this fat ass yeah. Italian dude just for friendship? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> this well known married Italian dude. I didn't know he was Stop married. It. He just gave me money in the airport because he thought I was a nice person. Girl. Girl, oh, okay. goodbye. Girl, boo. <laughs> first time you came to the hood. First time you came to the hood, everybody knew his name. You ain't mean something was up. Yes. <laughs> she Italian too. She knew what was up. She just not saying what she needed to be saying. Just like Frank and Heather, who were so kind enough to get on screen and say everything that they needed to say. Right, we we go. And then wait all the way, like snitching all the way to the end. They like, no, nah, I don't think I can discuss that with y'all. Like, bitch, you been you been here for seven hours. Like, <laughs> you just dry, right? You dry snitch. Then even said your mama was a snitch. And then like, <laughs> but nah, I can't talk about that. What? Right. The snitchiness, non snitches, and the history of snitches. God bless him. <laughs> Listen, the whole time, the whole time, his wife was looking at him like, I would, I would have married Jerry, broke bitch. That's, that's the vibes I'm like. <laughs> you ain't even as tough as these days. And that's why I feel like maybe she looks sedated. She's not sedated, but you can tell she frazzled like. I heard his, she was like, he, cause he gave her, cause remember she, he said that he gave her a different last name. She found out he was a part of the Columbo Club crime family. She thought she had a come up. She thought she had to come up and come to find out he the one living the straight and narrow. And she was like, <laughs> they ordered McDonald's coffees in the car. She was like, I could at least get Starbucks if I'd have just fucked your brother. Oh, like, what is this? Right. <laughs> My own girl told me to fuck with him that night. <laughs> she liked the head. She was so dusty. Head. Uh, her eyes like, oh, what did I sign up for? 
But yeah, I mean, basically that's it, all. That's McMillions. Like I said, it's six episodes. You guys can find it on HBO. Um, like most of the good stuff you're probably gonna find in the first three and a half episodes. Everything the last two are like really just wrapping it up, telling you how he pretty much showing you how white collar crimes don't really ever get like you don't get in trouble for him for real. So like that's pretty much it. <laughs> so tank. Hey, all my career criminals, I'm not telling you to do crime, but learn the lesson. Maybe you yeah. don't push a couple pounds in the push a couple pounds at the airport. I didn't <laughs> say that. You know, maybe you just switch to tax fraud or Listen, you get caught with 10 pounds. You get caught with 10 pounds on the street. You're doing more time as if you get caught sending 10 pounds in the mail. Tell me how that works. Yeah. Just saying, you, you know, maybe just, you know, let's, let, you, you know, if, you, if you've been a criminal your whole life, maybe just switch to fed crimes. That's that's all we're saying. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes you got to step your game up. You know what just I'm saying? Just do some different yeah. things. Just do some, just yeah. diversify your portfolio of crimes. <laughs> we're, in a recession. we're in a recession. Do what you know. I don't know. Whatever the hood version of like J.G. Lynch or, you know, Merrill, Merrill Lynch is, go there. It's time to be there and it's time to diversify your people.